sense of identity left. Like a guy in the padded cell in the most locked-up ward in the whole loony bin. If a time-traveler from mid-twentieth century hopped forward to it, across the few intervening years, and looked at a map of it, if anybody has a map of it, he'd think that the map had run, that it had got some sort of disease that had swollen up a few tiny parts beyond all bounds, paper tumors, while most of the other parts, the parts he remembered, carrying names in such big print and showing such bold colors, had shrunk to nothingness. To the east he'd see Atlantic Highlands and Savannah Fortress. To the west, Walla Walla Territory, Pacific Palisades, and Los Alamos. And there he'd see an actual change in the coastline, I'm told, where three of the biggest stockpiles of fusionables let go and open Death Valley to the sea, so that Los Alamos is closer to being a port. Centrally, he'd find Porter County and Mantino Asylum, surprisingly close together near the Great Lakes, which are tilted and spilled out a bit toward the southwest with a big quake. South-centrally, Washta Parish, inching up the Mississippi from old Louisiana under the cruel urging of the Fisher Sheriffs. Those he'd find, and a few, a very few other places, including a couple I suppose I haven't heard of. Practically all of them would surprise him. No one can predict what scraps of a blasted nation are going to hang on to a shred of organization and ruthlessly maintain it and very slowly and very jealously extend it. But biggest of all, occupying practically all the map, reducing all those swollen localities I've mentioned back to tiny blobs, bounding most of America, and thrusting its jetty pseudopods everywhere, he'd see the great ink blot of the Deathlands. I don't know how else than by an area of solid, absolutely unrelieved black you'd represent the Deathlands, with its multicolored radioactive dusts and its skimpy freightage of lonely Deathlanders, each bound on his murderous, utterly pointless, but utterly absorbing business. An area where names like Nowhere, It, Anywhere, and The Place are the most natural thing in the world, when a few of us decide to try to pad down together for a few nervous months or weeks. As I say, I was somewhere in the Deathlands near Mantino Asylum. The girl and me were getting closer now, well within pistol or dart range, though beyond any but the most expert or lucky knife-throw. She wore boots and a weathered, long-sleeved shirt and jeans. The black topping was hair, piled high in an elaborate coiffure that was held in place by twisted shavings of bright metal. A fine bug trap, I told myself. In her left hand, which was closest to me, she carried a dart gun, pointed away from me across her body. It was the kind of potent, tiny crossbow you can't easily tell whether the spring is loaded. Back around on her left hip, a small leather satchel was strapped to her belt. Also on the same side were two sheathed knives, one of which was an oddity. It had no handle, just the bare tang. For nothing but throwing, I guessed. I let my own left hand drift a little closer to my banker's special in its open holster. 
Ray Baker's great psychological weapon, though who knows, the two thirty-eight cartridges it contained might actually fire. The one I'd put to the test at nowhere had, and very lucky for me. She seemed to be hiding her right arm from me. Then I spotted the weapon it held, one you don't often see, a stevedore's hook. She was hiding her right hand all right. She had the long sleeve pulled down over it, so just the hook stuck out. I asked myself if the hand were perhaps covered with radiation scars, or sores, or otherwise disfigured. We Deathlanders have our vanities. I'm sensitive about my baldness. Then she let her right arm swing more freely, and I saw how short it was. She had no right hand. The hook was attached to the wrist stump. I judged she was about ten years old.